So, so God delivers them, and Israel celebrates. And I wonder how good are, are you at celebrating, right? Are, are you are you celebratory? Uh, I was thinking about my family, and 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 like how how good are we at celebrating? Because I actually think God's people should should probably be the best celebrators. Um, and, and obviously, we, we celebrate holidays, you know, we celebrate birthdays. I think we do an all right job. But I was, I was trying to think of like a spontaneous time that, that we celebrated something as a family. And I thought about when uh, Hudson, our youngest son, was um, I don't know two ish, and uh, and we're to that point where uh, where it's it is potty training time, right? Um, we we've been enslaved to, to diapers for years. And we're longing for freedom. And, and, and you push and you try and convince your kid with, by whatever means necessary for us. It's usually M&Ms. seems to be the love language of our kids on the potty. So, so we're, we're like trying with M&Ms and it's not happening. It's not happening. We try over and over again. And you don't want to push too hard and like screw up your kid for the rest of their life. But, but you also, <laughs> you want to be free. <laughs> Right, so uh, so there was the day when, when not that he was potty trained, but when he actually used the toilet, right? And and this was a spontaneous celebration, right? My my kids made up my older kids make up this song, and I'm not going to sing it for you, but it it goes. Oh, I'll give you the lyrics. That's good enough. It goes p p p p p on the potty, right? And they just, that was it. We're not we're not songwriters, the Goose Trees. Um, uh, but, but it was that over and over again. And like kid, my kids are dancing, right? One kid's like doing the sprinkler. Um, the other, it was, we were, we were celebrating. (laughs) We, we had much to celebrate, but I wondered, does it feel like you have much to celebrate? Um, Israel certainly did. We, a lot of us know this story so well that that we kind of forget, um, how much there was to celebrate, but for 430 years. They'd been enslaved to Egypt, right? Like not a decade of, of, of having bad bosses, right? Not a, not a string of, of unhealthy relationships, right? Not, not a crash in the stock market, but they'd been enslaved. They'd been oppressed. They had a, a generation of sons that, that were killed. Uh, 430 years of, of wondering if, if God even heard their prayers, let alone would he ever answer them. And then one day this hope shows up in Moses and in Aaron. And they go to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh just keeps saying no over and over again. says, no, I'm not going to let you go. And then finally Pharaoh boots him out. And it looks like they're good. And they're on their way out of town. And the Egyptians are like giving them all their goods. Like they just want them out of there. And I'm sure it felt like, ah, finally God's delivered us. But then Pharaoh changes his mind, and, and the chariots are coming, and the soldiers are coming, and they're in hot pursuit. And, and then Israel's backed up against the Red Sea, and it's like, what happened? Like, I thought we were good. And then God splits the sea, right? And that must, I can't even imagine how incredible that must have been. But still, they're, they're being pursued, right? Like this is, this is a military power hot on the path. And we get to see through Scripture what God was doing. He was, he was messing the chariots up, right? Like God's hand was in this. Um, but but they, they didn't have the privilege of, of, of what we get to read in, in Scripture. I'm sure they knew that God was there, but it must have been scary. And I was trying to think, have I ever been chased? And I've been, I've been chased once, actually twice, third grade. Um, this girl named Lisa was chasing me and Jeffrey. 
Um, it, was a, it was weird. Like I, I knew she'd never catch us, and part of me wanted her to catch us, and I didn't understand why even. But anyway, that wasn't what I was going to tell you. Um, so ninth grade, little confession session. Um, spending the night at my buddy's house, uh, Big Al, Russ, and I. Um, wanted to sleep out in the tent outside so that we could sneak out. So we snuck out, went out, and there's like a wooded area. And uh, we didn't even want to like do anything bad. Like we just, we wanted to sneak out. And, and we went to the woods and we made this like little campfire. And we were just uh, probably talking about the trailblazers and how much we hated homework and, you know, making up stories and just being just goofy freshman boys. Um, and, uh, and then all of a sudden there's, there's these flashlights on us and, and I hear this like deep booming voice that says, boys, get out here. And I don't know this voice. I've never heard this voice. So we like, I mean, just instant terror. And, and, uh, and, and this is, <laughs> this is how like good we were. We put out our fire. <laughs> We had a bucket ready, not for this moment, but we were going to be responsible. We put out our fire, and my friend Big Al books it. And he wasn't big. We call him Big Al, but he was a cross-country dude. He was a, he was a little rail. He books it. And, um, I mean, by far, I'm the slow one of the group. Like, the Big Al cross-country, Russ is like basketball player, really fit, and I'm <laughs> oversized dude trying to keep up. But adrenaline, adrenaline's an amazing thing, right? And we're, we are flying. I don't know how. Al found the way out of the woods because we went away. I'd never been before and, and we're running and all of a sudden we're like running over this log that's like over this swampy area and my heart is just pounding and, and we get out of the woods and, uh, and we realize there's, there's nobody behind us. Like we're, we're at least clear from that. I mean, we still got to get home, but, but, but we're clear from that. And, and we get back to my friend's house and, uh, man, I'm scared to death. All, all night long. I mean, I, I know I fell asleep at some point, but man, I, I was terrified. And, I, and I'm sure for Israel, as they're going through the sea and it's, it's dry ground and, and they see like the walls, the water. I'm sure that was absolutely amazing. And, and, and maybe some of them were, were just totally confident, like God's got us. Like we are good. Even though they're right behind us, God's got us. But I, I'm sure there were some that were pretty scared too. Like I'm sure there are parents that are worrying about, man, how am I, how am I going to get my kid? Like, how much longer can I carry my kid as I run? Or adults that were thinking about their aging parents that are, they just can't move like they used to. Verse nine uh, of this song um, that, that that Moses broke out in, um, it, it says, uh, it says the enemy said, "I will pursue you. I will overtake you. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall have its fill of them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them." I'm, I'm sure it felt, at least to some, if not, if not almost all of them, like the Egyptians were going to overtake them at, at any moment. But but Israel makes it through, and, and the, the water engulfs the pursuers, like the the, the people that that had mistreated them, that that had, that had oppressed them. For generations, they're, they're no more. Like there, there's zero chance that they're ever going to get beat by one of these Egyptians again. Like they no longer had to fear them. They're, they were suddenly free. They're, they're a freed people. They, they'd seen the hand of God save them. Um, we won't have this on the slide, but back in, in, in chapter 14 that we covered last week, 
14 verses 30 and 31. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians so that the people feared the Lord and they believed in the Lord and, and in his servant Moses. So Israel breaks out into a song. We don't know if it was spontaneous. We don't know if they spent time like working on this song. Um, but, but they sang and they sang it loud. They sang it with joy. They sang about how incredible their God was, his power that, that he had demonstrated before them. They, they proclaimed his goodness. I'm guessing there was some dancing going on, right? And, and, and this is such a celebration that I probably would have even joined in in the dancing. Um, so we, we read about this, and as I was reading it this week, and, and Gary and Matt and I were talking through this passage, um, there's certainly attention to what God, is, what God did in saving them in the song, no doubt. Um, but, but there's a great amount of attention given to how awesome God is, right? How, how powerful God is, how, how mighty God is. Um, verses uh, 6, 7, and, and 8. Um, in the song it says, Your right hand, O Lord, glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, shatters the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you overthrow your adversaries. You send out your fury. It consumes them like stubble. At the blast of your nostrils, the water piled up. Who blows something over with their nostrils? Right? Like I've never tried to blow something out like a candle with my nostrils. Why? Because my mouth is what I need, right? And it's, it's like Moses saying, man, our God doesn't even need his mouth. He's going to blow these waters up just by the power of his nostrils. It says, the flood stood up in a heap, the deeps congealed in the heart of the sea. And it, it makes sense for us to worship God for, for what he's done in our circumstances, right? Like we read this and go, of course you worship, of course you celebrate. But it's also fitting to worship God in any circumstance just because of who he is. And Gary last week, um, he asked us, like, are we in awe of God? And, and I think that is such a great question for us to come back to a lot. And I, I think of um, like, like old school scales, and this is the worst visual ever. But um, you, you remember, not you remember them because you've never had one, but um, where you'd, you'd weigh, you put something here, you put something here, and if it, it weighed the same, it bounced out, right? So, uh, so I was thinking about like awe of God in, in, in one side, and on the other side, our concerns, right? our, our worries. And, and when, when our view of, of God is small, man, our worries feel so big. Right, like so, so huge. But but when our view of God is is actually appropriate, right? When we understand how big our God is, how how mighty our God is, these things they don't seem like so much, right? When, when our view is inappropriate of God, we get ready to worry, right? Or think that man, it's all it's all on you. Um, verse verse eleven though. Chapter 15, it says, Who is like you, O Lord? Who is like you among the gods? And notice, that's the lowercase g gods. Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glorious deeds, doing wonders? In middle school, uh, going into middle school, I had some fears, right? Um, I was a small dude. I was, I was afraid of like getting beat up. I'd heard stories. I'd seen movies uh, where, where middle school is just like, 
like Lord of the Flies almost, right? Just chaos, and, and especially for the, the the youngest and the smallest. Um, so I was I, my biggest fear probably was that I was going to like try and use the restroom, and there'd be three giant dudes in there, and they'd give me a swirly, right? Um, and I don't know if that I don't know if that's ever even happened to someone, but someone thought it up and convinced all of us that it was going to happen. Well, uh, fortunately, in middle school, I became really, really good friends. One of my closest friends was a massive human being. He was the, easily the biggest seventh grader um, that, that probably has ever walked through Y East Middle School. Um, he, he went on to, to play college football. He was a finalist for uh, um, a center of the, the year. Uh, he played, uh, he made some practice squads in the NFL for years. I mean, the dude was huge. And I was his buddy, right? I wasn't afraid of anything. <laughs> uh, I, I felt so secure in, in knowing that my friend Jason had my back, right? And I wasn't like one of those little punks that like used that to my advantage. I wasn't like doing stuff and then running and hiding behind Jason. But I felt I felt totally fine. Like when, when I knew Jason was my friend, I, I felt so secure. And in Israel, they just had confirmation that there was absolutely nothing for them to fear, that their God was was mightier than any anything else out there that no one compared to the power of God, no one compared to the holiness of God. Verse 18 says, The Lord will reign forever and ever. This is, this is totally certain. More dependable than the rising sun, God will reign forever and ever. And if you are a daughter or a son of the living God, you are secure. Right? Like You have much to celebrate. You have eternal circumstances that ought to drive you to worship. And the question, how are you doing, has, has, has been a funny question to me for years because uh, I, I don't want to be totally honest. Uh, so someone will ask me, how are you doing, Greg? And, and I get kind of stuck and I have to think um, because so often there, there are times that I'm just really aware that, uh, that I'm doing great because I know Jesus. Right? Like I, I, I have an actual relationship with Christ, right? a connection with, with God. Like I'm intimately known by the Creator. Like my wife knows me, right? And, and, but, but Jesus knows me better. Like Jesus actually gets why I do things that I don't even get. Right? Like, like I'm, I'm intimately known by Jesus. The Holy Spirit resides w- within me. Right? I'm, I'm, I'm forgiven. God's wiped out my past. Right? He, he's taking care of, of my sins. So, of course, I'm doing good. Right? Like, technically, yes, like, there are hard things in life, but I'm eternally secure. And don't get me wrong, there are plenty of days where I don't have that view. And, 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 and I, man, it's hard. Um, and, and I let those worries, right, feel heavier and heavier and heavier. But there are some days where my position in Jesus is almost blinding. It's like I can see on the periphery the junk in life, the hard stuff, but they're just shadows compared to Jesus. They're just shadows compared to what I have in Christ. Second Corinthians four seventeen through 18 says, For this light, momentary affliction is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison as we look not to the things that are seen, but the things that are unseen. For the things that are seen are transient, right? They're going to be gone. 
but the things that are unseen are eternal. So our, our momentary circumstances may not be cause for worship. However, our eternal circumstances are great cause for worship, for celebration, for, for joy. If we know Jesus, we, we have much to celebrate. He, he brings us true joy. There's a pastor up north on Bellevue, and he, he says that Christians ought to throw the best parties out there. Right? Like We should be the best at, at celebrating all, all kinds of things. Um, I used to think that, that weddings, like, like the whole wedding industry in America is crazy. Right? And I used to think it was such a waste of money. But then I got to, uh, then I got to start officiating weddings. And uh, a, a couple of those first ones in particular were such joyful celebrations of what God was doing in, in two people. And I, I remember th- this one, we're, we're out on this beautiful property and they, and they brought in the dance floor. Of course, I'm not dancing, I'm watching and enjoying through them. Um, but there's, a, there's this moment where they, they hoisted the couple like up on their shoulders and like they're dancing, like, in, like, like crowd surfing at their own wedding. And, and, and that, was, that was a moment I'm like, no, this makes so much sense. Don't get me wrong. We could spend too much money on weddings, but I get it though. I get why families, why, why, why they want to, to celebrate and, and, and pour so much time and, and energy into that. And I actually get to do a wedding here in a, in a few hours. I looked like I didn't know what time it was. Um, uh, and uh, I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited to get to celebrate with this couple. And, you know, we did the rehearsal yesterday, and we had the, the, the rehearsal meal, and um, the dad was getting to pray. Um, and uh, I'm not going to say his name, uh, but some of you know who he is. He's an engineer, and I'm not saying anything against engineers, but it's a little Spock-like at times. Um, uh, and and dad, dad tries to pray. And I'm like, that's a, that's a really long pause. What's going on? I look up, and he's totally choked up. Right? Like he, can't, he can't hardly get it out. And, and, and you know what? That's, that's what a good dad does before his daughter gets married. Right? Like I imagine that, that um, you get real reflective as a father when your little girl is getting married. And he remembers like that first time he held her, right? He, he remembers like the swing set that he built for her. He remembers like all these special moments along the way. And, and then now here he is and he's about to give away his daughter to, to marry this man. And do we do that with Jesus? Right? Like, do, 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 is there space in our day where, where we're just intentionally remembering? Like, I'm so glad we did that song, Take a Moment to Remember. We need to do that more than you know, from 10 to 11.30 on Sundays? Like, like, do we ponder how incredible Jesus is, or, or are we just way too, too busy? Well, Israel, when they saw how incredible God was, they, they sang. And um, I think when, when a lot of us think of worship, we, we think about music, we think about singing. We, we know worship isn't, isn't like just music, but, but it's, it's a huge part of it. And mer- music is, is such a gift. Like, I'm, I'm blown away um, how our emotions are tied to music, like like what we can feel through music. It's crazy uh, the the connections between memory and 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 music. Um, uh, clearly, God has has made He's made music, and 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 it's a gift. Um, and and for some of you, singing at church might be like your favorite thing, you know. And you just can't wait. You're like, get off the stage, Greg. I want to sing to the Lord. 
Um, and, and for others of you, music's not your thing, right? Um, it, maybe it's a style. Um, maybe maybe you're self-conscious about singing. I don't know what it is, um, but but it is it, it is a it's a gift that God has given us. That, that God says, "Hey, come and come and worship me in this way." I think it's it's such a gift. We come to God offering this this song, this sacrifice of praise to Him. It's supposed to be for God. It, it is to God, um, and, and yet God so often blesses us through it. He, he reminds us of, of truth. God brings reassurance. He brings healing to our hearts through singing to him. He reminds us of, of who he is, of what he's done, and what, what he will do. Um, as we were singing, I, I remember the lyrics of, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim. So we're going to sing, and actually the band, you, you guys can come up and get ready. We're going to sing, and, and it's going to be a little bit longer than uh, than some Sundays. Um, uh, and, and if music is not your thing, if singing is not your thing, I just encourage you to stretch yourself. And also, just a quick time out. Like, I, I want to thank like our older saints here um, that I know we're singing songs that aren't your favorites, right? You, 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 it, Younger people, people that like a lot of the music we do, they don't listen to this on Spotify, okay? Like, they're, they're not listening to Hillsong or whoever, whoever you like. Um, and, and, and they do it so that we, who do like this music, um, who connect with this, can worship God, right? It's kind of like with my four-year-old. He probably thinks I love Candyland. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I play Candyland to be a blessing to my son, right? And, and we've got... We got a lot of people here that um, that want to see you worship, right? They want to see you get to praise God um, in, in, in this way. So I want I want to thank you who 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 make that sacrifice. And uh, and I know like some of you, if we did hymns all the time, you, you, that'd probably be the best thing for you. And yet you make a sacrifice for us. So I, I, I thank you for that. But we're, we're going to worship God. I, I need to stop talking. Um, we're going to worship God. Um, We've got communion tables available. If, if, if you know Jesus, this is an opportunity to come and, and worship by remembering what he's done on the cross for us, right? By, by taking the, the bread and uh, we dip it in the cup here. The, the bread represents his body broken for us. The, the cup, his blood poured out for us. Uh, we've got prayer team people that are going to be up here. If, um, if life is hard and, and, and celebrating just seems crazy to you, if joy escapes you, um, or if you want prayer for anything, come and come and pray. But, but let's let's sing these songs together, and uh, we, we might even go a little bit past time. But but I, I think that's really really good today.